At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Back to uh, the Globe and Mail's stellar reporting on Chinese interference, not only in Canadian elections, but we've talked before on the show about, you know, you talk about the police stations, post-secondary education, the list goes on. Uh, the influence campaign has been going on for a while in a lot of different areas. Uh, some new reporting from Robert Fife, uh, the Ottawa Bureau Chief at Globe and Mail, on uh Post-secondary, post-graduate studies, matter of fact. We're going to get into that now as Robert joins us. Um, Robert, thanks so much for being here. I appreciate your time. You're welcome. Good morning. So your your latest reporting here is about post-graduate students, researchers, and kind of an end run that Beijing has been using to get them into Canada. What have you found out? Well, first of all, uh, China has an all-of-government approach to trying to obtain Western technology. They do it through a number of ways. They do it through cooperation with universities. They do joint projects with universities. They do it with um, by uh, stealing technology, trying to use uh, cyber attacks to steal technology. They do it by through the front door, by Canadian companies, and then bring the technology back to China that can use for military purposes. Uh, in 2020, the United States. Um, decided to uh, uh, deny visas to a lot of postgraduate students who were uh, studying in areas like artificial intelligence, big data, biopharmaceuticals, that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, and so what China was then doing was doing a workaround strategy. So they were directing some of these students who um, had scholarships from the China Scholarship Fund to come to Canada also getting them in the United States to switch their discipline from ones that are being looked at by security agencies to similar uh, types of programming where the same technology may be used, but uh, it, it more or less flies under the radar. So, for example, CSIS found out that there was a person who was doing remote sensing uh, in China, and rather than do the uh, kind of a remote sensing uh, course in Canada where might, they might not get approval, um, they they did forestry, which a lot of forestry uses remote sensing. So, and remote sensing is used in the, in the Chinese military and in all militaries to target, uh, you know, uh, to target enemies, uh, to, to for a whole range of issues. So, what we have here is yet another example of uh, uh, China trying to uh, get what they can from the, the uh, Western societies, Canada including, mm -hmm. so that they can uh, improve their, their military and their industrial complex. It's, it's espionage. It's spying, essentially, right? I mean, it may not be the old cloak and dagger kind of stuff, but that's what it is. They're trying to grab the information through whatever means they can. Yeah, in fact, uh, CISA said that the postgraduate students who are funded by the Canada, the China Scholarship Fund. By the way, the China Scholarship Fund also does joint funding with Canadian universities. So this has been going on for a while. But they get a two-week uh, training course before they come to Canada, in which they're t told to listen and to keep a low profile. Don't get on anybody's radar. Yeah. 
So they're they're already told when they come here is you're you're here to if you want your scholarship you and and you have to sign a loyalty pledge to the Chinese Communist Party before you can come here. You get here, your object is to keep a low profile and to obtain as much technology as you can and information on technology and pass it back to China. In fact, um, these students are often required to meet with ch- uh, Chinese uh, diplomats in Canada, usually through the consulates, um, and so they get briefings on what they're up to, what they're learning. So it's it's a really sophisticated effort here. It is, yeah. I mean, it, it's and it's been going on for a long time. And like you say, it's very specific. It's and there's even a little training involved. So the U.S. did they? I mean, they they put in the barriers. That's why they're coming into Canada now. I mean, did the U.S. have this information at the same time as Canada and decide to take action? Canada didn't. How did it end up being that Canada's the soft spot here? Well, the Americans have have been much more forthright and much more concerned about uh, uh, China's um, espionage activities. It's it's, it's um, efforts to suck up the technology from the West. There is a bipartisan consensus in the United States, believe it or not. Uh, you know, the Republicans, the Democrats are each other's throats. Yeah. But when it comes to China, there is a bipartisan um, consensus that you must treat China seriously. So the United States, be, we're realizing that, you know, a lot of these students coming in under this uh, China scholarship program were going into studying in areas where they were able to, you know, learn from the, the very best American minds and then take this technology and transfer it back to, or information uh, transfer it back to China. So uh, the Trump administration was actually was the one that first did it. And they said, okay, this is really serious on the advice of the national security agencies. We're going we're gonna to really stop denying these visas to students, and we're going to take away the visas from students in some of the, in these programs right uh, currently. And the Biden administration, when they came in, they continued it because they believed that it's a, it's a, it's a national security threat. In Canada, well, you know, <laughs> we, <laughs> we just turn a blind eye. Uh, what can I say? Um, you know, I've asked our immigration department whether – um, we're doing the same thing, and all I got was baffled gab back from them. So, I mean, what is you've, you've seen the documents. What what was CSIS recommending we do here? I mean, was there recommendations? Is the government planning to do anything? I mean, like you say, you've asked the questions. What's what's the take? Well, uh, there were there was no information in the, the documents that we saw that said CSIS was planning to do uh, had asked them to do anything. Right. Um, but shouldn't have look, to. Uh, we shouldn't have to really. I mean, it wasn't until in January, my colleague and I wrote about um, there were 50 Canadian universities, including the top 10 universities, that had been since 2015 <laughs> doing joint projects with China's. Maine Military University, the People Liberation Army's Maine University. And we've been giving them all kinds of technology. And this has been going on since 20, 2005. And we wrote the story. The government actually finally, frankly, did something about it. They stopped all the federal funding agencies from cooperating with Chinese military or sec- uh, state security institutions. But my goodness, it shouldn't have had to take uh, a couple of reporters writing about this for no. the government not to. The government should have done this a long time ago. I mean, give your head a shake. Absolutely. Our universities are cooperating 
China's main military institution? I mean, this is insane. And, and like you say, and it's been going on pretty openly for a really, really long time. I, I don't know if we finally come to the point, Robert, where Canadians uh, have uh, opened up their eyes to this and don't want to see this happening, and the pressure will be there to make some changes, but you got to think we're getting well, close. Uh, <laughs> well, i got to tell you, it's not Canadians. It's the... Uh, the business and political elites that are like this. Canadian right? polls have consistently shown that Canadians are like 85% um, aware of what China's up to. They don't want the government to, they want the government to be tougher on the Chinese government. And that has been consistent for quite a number of years. But, you know, the government uh, and the China Business uh, Council, uh, Canada China Business Council, seem to, uh, you know, always continually turn a blind eye unless, you know, we come out with something that we did in January, which shows how much this, uh, how much technology we've been passing on to China's military institute. That's when they do it. But look how long it took them. We were the last of the five allies, five eyes allies to ban Huawei. I mean, (laughs) like... What that didn't, you know, it, like I'm baffled by it. A lot of people are, Robert, uh, and it, it's through your great work that we're finding out more and more about it. I appreciate you being here. Unfortunately, I'm out of time. Yep. Take Thanks, care. Robert. Bye.